Good afternoon and welcome to Community Focus at JJY. I'm Ken Thomas along with Tess Taylor. And today we're going to talk about uh, uh, something very interesting, a, a, a very interesting collaboration, as a matter of fact, involving land acquisition with several different partners involved. Now, joining us today, we have Josh Pennington, who is the Camp Ripley Environmental Supervisor. Also on the line with us, Todd Holman, who is the Sentinel Landscape Coordinator for Camp Ripley. Josh Doty, the Community Development Director for the City of Baxter. And Emily Nelson, who is a Minnesota representative with a conservation fund. And folks, first of all, welcome (laughs) to Community Focus. Yeah, thank you, Ken. Uh, Josh Pennington, let's start with you. Uh, Josh, as I mentioned, is the environmental supervisor at Camp Ripley. Josh, uh, thanks for joining us again. I know we had you on last year, and uh, very fascinating to talk about what you do there and about the um, uh, lands that you acquire, if you will, kind of around uh, the camp as a buffer. Yeah, thanks, Ken. So you're absolutely right. This is a very unique and collaborative uh, project. Um, so if uh, the listeners remember, uh, the, the ACUB program in itself is, is certainly not new. Um, it's been around since about 2004. And basically it's an authority that gives uh, military installations the ability to work with partners to identify compatible land use around military installations. So basically to form a buffer. Um, and we do this because uh, uh, there's a lot of military installations across the country are, are getting encroached upon by, by development that could be incompatible. And the military really needs the ability to, to train both day and night. Mm-hmm. And so as uh, most of you know, that includes making loud noise and, and creating <laughs> dust and having aircraft fly over. And so some of that is just not compatible with, with having houses directly uh, adjacent to the boundary. Mm-hmm. Um, so... What this program is, it's, it's by no means a, a way to increase the camp's footprint, but rather we work with landowners and we work with partners to identify ways of, of, of having compatible lands. And, and conservation, uh, lands that are green space or parks or wildlife management areas, are very compatible. Um, and it also provides a way uh, to, to protect habitats at a landscape level so that Camp Ripley does not become an island of biodiversity. Um, so as we know from many of the animals that we track on Camp Ripley, they, they utilize uh, a, lar- a much larger habitat than what is uh, made up of Camp Ripley by itself. And so protecting these lands allows those wildlife corridors to exist and doesn't place uh, additional regulatory constraints on, on the installation. So one of the ways that we do this is, is through partnerships, and our, our primary partner um, for fee simple acquisitions such as this is the conservation fund. So I'd like to hand it over to Emily Nelson. Hey, Josh, can I ask one question before you hand off? Uh, is, is it federal funding that allows you to purchase these lands? Because obviously you have to buy them, right? It is. And so under the Army Compatible Use Buffer Program, um, we're able to obtain federal dollars from the National Guard Bureau or the Department of Defense's uh, Readiness and Environmental Protection Integration Program. Um, but it's a partnership endeavor, so that will provide up to 75% of the funding necessary to, uh, to accomplish these projects. And the expectation is that the partnership will go out and find other dollars. And in this case, the city of Baxter worked with the conservation fund to find those matching dollars. Oh, very interesting. All right. Well, let's, let's talk with Emily about what the conservation fund does in this picture. Hello. Yes, I'm Emily Nelson. I'm with the Conservation Fund. And 
We are a national conservation nonprofit organization, and we specialize in real estate transactions. And we actually partner with uh, installations all over the country, Camp Ripley being one of them, to help acquire these properties. And this is, I will have to say, one of the most unique opportunities we've seen across the country. We had a project that went from being potentially 200 acres to being over 700 acres wow. by the end of the day because we had so many local partners, City of Baxter, Sylvan Township, and even some counties, Cass County and Crow Wing County, partnering on these on this project. And what um, our goal here is to have land conservation as well as an economic benefit. That's our goal as the conservation fund. Very interesting. So where uh, can you kind of give us a, a, a general idea of where this piece <laughs> of property stretches from? I mean, that's a lot of acres. It is a lot of acres. And there is a uh, it's in southwest Baxter. The majority of this property is in southwest Baxter. There's 638 acres that will be owned and managed by the city. And it's adjacent to Mississippi Overlook Park, if you know where that is. There's a a piece of this that adjoins the western edge of that existing park. And so it will expand that park and actually become part of a middle school forest. So kids get to go down and walk around and learn and have curriculum that is actually going to be happening on this property, which I find very unique. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's probably, again, what makes this uh, more unique than some of the acquisitions that you have that will have actually uh, schools being able to use this piece of property. It's, and it's very unique because it's also compatible with what Camp Ripley needs to do as far as the training mission. So there's a lot of multiple benefits happening with this project that is going to benefit both Baxter, Brainerd, and any anybody who wants to recreate in this area. And this is obviously one of the premier places in Minnesota to come and spend a great weekend and have a good time. Totally true. Yeah. So do we know uh, about further development on this piece of property uh, for recreational use? For the answer to that, I'm going to actually hand it over to Josh Doty. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Josh, (laughs) welcome back to Community Focus. Hey, thank you so much, Kansas. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. So, in terms of the future use of the property, we're um, we're, we're going to start a, a comprehensive study that that basically tries to answer that question. Um, there'll be, I think, a lot of interest uh, just for all different types of recreation, and and, and the property's um, um, got a lot to offer in terms of uh, just different types of uh, habitats and land on uh, uh, the Mississippi River and Pike Creek, and um, and so there's just lots of different opportunities available. And so how do you make that available to the community? And that's something that we're planning to study here in the near future. Yeah. Well, I would think uh, along the Mississippi itself, it's got to be beautiful. You mentioned another creek in there. And I start thinking of maybe some campsites and so on. Of course, mm-hmm. uh, this is a popular uh, part of the state to come for hunting and fishing. So there's maybe some of those possible uh, things. Are these all on the table, if you will? Yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's primarily open space land, but there's, um, you know, I think there's, there's room for all sorts of discussion um, on how to best make the land available for the community to utilize. So, yeah, I I would imagine we would be discussing all of those types of things. 
Okay. And who who is the group that will be discussing this? Uh, are you uh, have you got members picked out for this group, or is that another part of the process? Yeah. So we we have a Parks and Trails Commission uh, with the city of Baxter, and they serve uh, their residents within Baxter and serve at the pleasure of the city council. So they're a recommending body, and I would I would suspect that a lot of the uh, uh, work done on that study would uh, a lot of the groundwork would happen at the Parks and Trails Commission level, and obviously would go to the city council as well for any um, final decisions that are made. So um, I think I would expect that would be the primary uh, uh, venue for those types of discussions, but. Uh, perhaps there'll be others as well. Of course, all of those are public meetings, and um, we, we will do our very best to get the word out before we have discussions. So if any members of the public want to participate in those discussions, that would, of course, be uh, completely welcome. Yeah. Uh, did your comprehensive plan maybe didn't see this coming, or <laughs> did it? Oh, great question. I We did see it coming. I, I don't know if we saw it coming to the scale at which we, we uh, achieved open space property, but um, in 2015, when the city last updated the comprehensive plan, um, one of the things that the city talked about and was the idea of Southwest Baxter. We have Forest Middle School and um, vacant land around it that um, um, we were seeing expansion of development, and so that was an area of the city that didn't necessarily have a park. Um, and so some of the parks planning that came out of that was the idea that perhaps this is a location in the community where we could focus in the Mississippi River Overlook area mm-hmm. um, and try to um, expand that uh, park area as for open space property. And so it was definitely in the comprehensive plan to uh look at open space preservation um, near Mississippi Overlook Park and then an area around Island Lake, which is further to the west. And all of the land that's part of this project is all kind of around those two kind of core areas that are in our 2015 comprehensive plan. Very interesting. Oh, my goodness. Josh, is there something on the city of Baxter's website where we can kind of get a feel for the property itself? Absolutely. And, and um, you know, the comprehensive plan has, documents that show where all of these uh, are located in our parks map, but what I will be sure to do is make sure that um, we put a recent uh, a post up um, very soon that shows uh, a very specific map of the property so that people mm-hmm. can see where it's at. Um, we've also just added it to our newsletter, and, um, and so any specific Baxter residents would, would have that map that they could reference, but um, we'll be sure and get that up on our website. Yeah. Well, it's. Uh, I don't know that I can think of a more exciting opportunity for the city to add just some real beautiful, beautiful land there. That is, land. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. go go ahead. I would just yeah. It's just a. It's it's an incredibly unique opportunity for a city to have um, uh, the ability to even try to obtain open space at this scope within uh, within a city. Um, because of the partnerships involved. Um, and so uh, hopefully it's a project that just people can enjoy for, of course, many years uh, moving forward. Absolutely. 
It's going to be fun to see. Yeah. <laughs> well, as uh, things start to uh, develop, we'll maybe have to have you back to talk about some of the ideas and some of the uh, possibilities that are coming up. Yeah. Absolutely. We'd love to do that. All right. Josh, thank you very much. We also have Todd Holman with us from uh, Camp Ripley, the Camp Ripley Sentinel Landscape Coordinator. And, Todd, what's your part in all of this? Well, good morning. It's great to be here and and kind of celebrate a a great program success, project success. I'm the fourth voice, I think, to talk about the benefit and the value of partnership. So without doubt, uh, part of my role is to convene and coordinate all of these partners Um, This is one large project success. There are many projects going on in the Sentinel landscape area, the the immediate buffer program around Camp Ripley and the greater Sentinel landscape uh, mapped area, which really represents about a 10-mile radius around Camp Ripley. So my work is to convene uh, the the groups and the partners that do protection work, the fee and easement work, restoration work, and any number of other types of collaborations that kind of meet everybody's goals. In this story, you've been hearing about um, how the Sentinel Landscape Program is benefiting the city's goals, too. And and we do that within the whole program area to benefit city, township, county, um, state, uh, agency partner goals as well. Um, I just wanted to add, uh, in addition to some of the the local um, accolades and and successes that you've heard about so far, um, really credit is due to build on what Josh Pennington said is, uh, some of the funding uh, for the uh, the bulk of the funding for this project really came from the Department of Defense through the National Guard Bureau, mm-hmm. um, but it also required uh, a leverage. It needed to require you know local uh, dollars as well. So that's where the state money came in. And so the the Environment and Natural Resources Trust Fund was the source that Baxter applied for uh-huh. uh, to get funding to help leverage those larger federal dollars to do the whole project together. So really a hats off to our local legislators, our House and, and Senate representatives that help kind of push and advocate for our our local city applications as well, which was the case uh, in this project area. Um, the other piece of my role is connecting. We've talked about the localness of this project, working with uh, nonprofits, local government, and the Camp Ripley group. Um, but this also connects to a federal sentinel landscape program, which is a subset of the Department of Defense. And that sentinel landscape program is a partnership between the U.S. Department of Ag, U.S. Department of Interior, and the uh, Department of Defense, of course. Wow. And that three federal partnerships, basically the short story is, that those partners have agreed that if you are designated as a sentinel landscape, that you are entitled to greater weight for project prioritization of funding and federal capacity within those three very large uh, federal agencies. And so Camp Ripley is one of seven sentinel landscapes in the whole country. And that's a really significant designation. Mm -hmm. So the state of Minnesota, in law, designated Camp Ripley a sentinel landscape at the state level in 2015. First one in the whole country to have a state law designated as a sentinel landscape. That springboarded our program, the Camp Ripley program, to get federal designation in 2016. And at that point, I was hired to convene and coordinate Um, the restoration protection and the other activities that are going on that you heard about today and just celebrate this this Baxter Sylvan Township acquisition uh, working with the Conservation Fund today. Well, that's a great story. 
Todd, the first question I would have is uh, that camp is a big piece of land. There's more property around it. Uh, <laughs> is there anything uh, else that you're kind of working on at this point? Well, I think, you know, the the secret sauce of any good partnership is listening to the voices of the partners. Yeah. So um, in this particular case, we were listening to the planning and vision of the city of Baxter um, and Sylvan Township. But we listened to DNR, our federal partners like the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service down at Crane Meadows. Cities have green space corridor priorities beyond Baxter. Um, so we listen and read their comprehensive plans and their park plans, and we look for the compatible uses that are within those local governments sure. and other entities. And we use that as kind of a roadmap to see, well, where is the common ground? And if we find that common ground, then we can kind of bring the conservation fund to the table to help with the fee acquisition. Sometimes it's the Board of Soil and Water and the Soil and Water Conservation Districts mm -hmm. that help with easement programs. So we pull the right um, partner to do the right amount of activity uh, for those locally driven priorities that mm -hmm. really roll up to these federal agency success stories as well. Wow. Fascinating. <laughs> it is. Fascinating. Yeah. I, I, did, do you think when uh, the state uh, designated Camp Ripley a sentinel landscape, they ever envisioned something like this? Well, I, I don't know that they, they you know, totally saw the scope and scale. Uh, they certainly saw the vision, and we were connected with the Department of Defense folks, you know, all along the way to kind of... Sure show what could happen if we were state-designated and then ultimately federally designated. Um, the fact that it came true and galvanized uh, the partners together, for example, uh, the state law in 2015 galvanized together in state law the Minnesota Department of Ag, the Department of Natural Resources, the Board of Water and Soil Resources, and the Department of, uh, of Military Affairs, the National Guard element. And so those four state agencies by that law were automatic partners in planning and support, and they're still there today. That was done in 2015, and those partners are still working as a coordinating committee today, uh, state and federal partners. And that's part of the work I do is coordinate one of the entities is called the coordinating committee, which is those high-level state agency representative voices, as well as some of the federal partners in there as well. Um, so I think, I think the state did see that vision. I think they saw that benefit. And that was why they were willing to kind of step out and be the first state in the country to uh, designate a state sentinel landscape. Well, it's worked well for uh, the parties involved here in the Brainerd Lakes area. And uh, we thank you all for your hard work on this. And uh, I, I think I can speak for all our listeners. It's going to be very exciting to see what, uh, comes, what, all. <laughs> yeah, what comes down the pipe. Yeah, yep. Uh, folks, thank you so much for being here today to talk about this amazing project, and uh, we hope to have some of you back to talk about it some more as, again, the the, uh, the final plans start to fall into place. Thank, thank you. you so Great much. to be here. All right. Uh, our guests today, a long list, <laughs> but we had uh, Josh Pennington start, uh, the Camp Ripley Environmental Supervisor, uh, Emily Nelson uh, representing the Conservation Fund, uh, we also had Josh uh, Doty, the Community Development Director in the city of Baxter, and Todd Holman, 
the Camp Ripley Sentinel Landscape Coordinator, all part of the show today. We thank all of our guests for being with us. I'm Ken Thomas, along with Tess Taylor, and that is today's edition of Community Focus. And our Community Focus programs are available to listen to anytime on our website. Just go to 1067wjjy.com. That's brought to you by Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union. And you can always listen to through our free downloadable app, which is powered by Cuyuna Regional Medical Center. If you own a small to medium-sized business that kept employees on payroll through COVID, you may have a big cash refund waiting for you. The Employee Retention Credit is a tax credit of up to $26,000 per employee. And now, more businesses than ever qualify. The experts at RefundsPro.com specialize in cutting through the red tape of qualifying for this government program. Most of their refunds are over $100,000. Even businesses that have received PPP funds may be eligible. And there are absolutely no fees unless you receive a refund. So there's no reason not to apply. If your business experienced shutdowns, limited capacity, supply chain challenges, or reduced revenue due to COVID, you likely qualify. RefundsPro.com has already helped hundreds of businesses. So don't lose the refund you're owed by missing the deadline. Get started today with a free 5-minute questionnaire at RefundsPro.com. That's Refunds with an S, Pro.com.